Hello and welcome to the Help on the Way podcast. Um, game can't be here, so it's your uh, host Fig with Nob to this week. Nob, say hey. Hey. And we're here to talk about um, two shows in December 1969. Um, it was billed on the subreddit as one show, uh, December 1069, but it turns out it's actually kind of a amalgamation of those two shows and plopped onto the archive as the 121069. So it's 121069, 121169 in the Thelma Theater in Los Angeles, California. The Ooh. dead are... Um, uh, uh, they, they welcome special guest Stephen Stills on a couple of the songs, which is uh, pretty cool. Before we get into that, we have our Channel 6 news segment, which, of course, will start with uh, the end of the Dead & Company Summer 2022 tour. It's over. And yeah, it's over. It seemed like it just began, and then it went, and it's done. A lot of ups and downs, most more ups than downs, I believe. Yeah. Um, but let's go to Nob for his opinions. Nob, what do you think? Yeah, I thought this was a really strong tour for Dead and Company. I think. Yeah. I think all of I I think that having that pandemic break genuinely was really good for the members of Dead and Company because having nothing to do but practice their instrument just made them so much more comfortable with a lot of this material. Um, and I think that was true last year, and I think that is especially true this year. Um, I have a hard time comparing, like, uh, favorite shows that I was at this year versus favorite shows that I just watched from home. But I thought the Boulder Run was really good. I thought those Chicago shows were a lot of fun. Um, Cincinnati, people might not wind up talking about the Cincinnati show, but they're wrong. It was a smoker. It was a heater. <laughs> it was the, that's the one that I'm willing to bet will be an underrated show. Um, mm -hmm. And then I caught three of the four of the last shows, uh, Philly and the city field run. Um, and I you thought caught both shows, the city field. Yes, I did. We got both of them personally. Word. I think night two was stronger, um, but I've, talk to people and that is not a shared opinion um so that was interesting i thought night one was a re really fun but just had a few too many uh low points just a little bit more inconsistent of a night whereas set mm -hmm. two or night two might not have hit as high of highs but was just a consistently strong show across the board um mm -hmm. but bobby also did throw out his voice bobby's voice was shot that last night um right. The playing of the band opener, you just you just hear him sing and you're like, oh man, let someone let this old man rest. Um, <laughs> I'm just he, amazed that his voice held out as long as it oh, did. Oh, it is a it is a testament that it made it this far, and you could tell at the start of set two he was trying really hard to uh, better rein in his vocal performance and sound as nice as possible, and then it reached the end of the set and he was singing Morning Dew, and you could just see him think, well. I don't have another show for three months. It doesn't <laughs> do matter it. if I blow out these vocal cords. I'm not wow. singing the encore. So what a legend, man! Like that—that's definitely one of my takeaways from this tour—is just how good uh, Bobby sounded throughout. Yeah. really, the whole thing. I mean, it was—he's—he got a little hoarse in the middle there, and then mm -hmm. he somehow, you know, I guess he drank his uh, herbal tea <laughs> and uh, you know ate his a lot honey of throat and, and coat voice. in the backstage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what an incredible voice he still has, and uh, you know, hats off to his vocal coach. Or, you know, whatever his routine is, however he does it, you know, 
uh, I don't want to compare. It's probably not great to compare, but I'm, I'm a huge Who fan. And, you know, going to see the Who nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, Roger Daltrey, his voice is very thick. And I know that he's had, like, throat cancer. He's had, he's had issues, too. Yeah. But there's a natural kind of thickening of the voice that you get, you know, through the aging process. Yeah. And I, I hear that somewhat with Bobby, but it but he works with it and 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 he and he makes it work to yeah. up to a point where i think he's he sounds great and that was such a huge up for me with the, with the tour was was how bobby uh looked how he sounded he's no spring chicken uh he's younger than phil yeah. uh but um a lot of people are younger than phil <laughs> um and <laughs> That's the bar. but he's still doing it they're all still doing it it's so cool to see um what dead and company has is very special and i think that they prove that they prove that every tour but it, it, it Especially so this tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a, you know, a one in particular, one show in particular. Um, I was away um, when they came to my neck of the woods, so I missed Philly. I missed New York. Um, but I did catch, you know, some couch tour a little bit. And, yeah, that Cincinnati um, show does seem to stand out in my mind. And, um, you know, just catching bits and pieces, mostly of set one here and there. Yeah. I thought they sounded great. I thought yeah. it was phenomenal. I, I thought that they were on – a different plane than, than I've seen them. I thought Johnny was on a different plane um, than I've I, seen him. Mayers had a very good, especially uh, following what was going on with SPAC. Um, I think Mayer yeah. came back with a hunger. Those last hmm. five shows he played with a ferocity. Like he was playing very well the entire tour, but I think yeah. especially that first Bristow show, the show right after SPAC was supposed to happen, there was very much a hunger in Johnny's playing. Um, which I think carried through throughout till the end of the tour. Um, well, is it is it a stretch to say that he's the leader of the band? Well, yeah. I mean, with them, it's hard to say because it's a little more... If, truth be told, if, if you put a gun to my head, when it comes to the jams, I think Jeff's the leader of the band. If you look, okay. they really are. Jeff is uh, maybe not the leader, but he's the glue. And a lot of right. times when they're going from one part to another or they're doing a weird transition or they're doing a weird jam, you will see them look at Jeff. Jeff is right. very much a consummate professional and he keeps this band on track when like going from St. Stephen to the 11, that 12 to 11 right. time signature thing, watching that at City Field, like it was a, a Jeff led that transition. Um, okay. But I don't know, like it's hard to, with them it's a little hard to say because you probably would call Mayer the leader of the band, but... Bobby's got that seniority that you could tell he pulls oh, over absolutely. him. Oh, absolutely. He's like, he's like uh, the emeritus. Yeah. Know, guitar, John would... Guitarist emeritus. But I do agree that, that Jeff is kind of a good conduit between the two. Yeah. Um, and I know um, John Mayer had an interview, or mm. um, they aired an interview on Nugs uh, on, on Dead Air. Um, was it City 1 or City 2? I forget which one it was. I think it was uh, City 2. I was there, so um, I could not tell you. You were there, so you, that's, and that's why you didn't see it. <laughs> no. Um, but it was, an, it was a fantastic interview. Yeah. And even John was saying about how Jeff is the best keyboardist that he's ever played with. Yeah. And talking about the, you know that, that relationship that he has when, when he plays and how Jeff is pushing him to be a better guitarist. Um, generally speaking, I thought that that interview was, was phenomenal. Um, I went to go check it out today to get a little bit more kind of pointers. Um, and, uh, Nugs had taken it down from YouTube. So thanks very much, Nugs. Um, but it was good. I mean, I, you know, the, the highlight was John's, you know, 
kind of uh, talking about how Grateful Dead sets work, where set one is very much, you know, putting on your work clothes, you know, kind of buttoning down your tie and getting to work, where set two is uh, you, you change into your assless chaps, which is a pretty good summation of how a dead show works. But um, overall, it just it really reflected, you know, his his role in, in the whole Grateful Dead thing, uh, how he views the Grateful Dead and, um, you know, his his knowledge of the Grateful Dead's history and, and what he tries to bring to uh, the current iteration with Dead and Company. It was a phenomenal interview. I wish it were still up on YouTube and I would implore people to, uh, you know, go check that interview out if you uh, can, because it definitely, definitely shined a, a different light on John yeah. than what I had uh, thought um, previously. So he did a Dead Air yeah. interview last year and I found, I like yeah. I've always, you know, not a huge John Mayer guy, but I'll listen to him because he plays with the Dead and Co., uh, but that interview was probably one of the first times I'd seen him speak since he was, you know, since like 2004, 2005. Yeah. Um, and I really was taken with just how thoughtful he is about this music. This right. isn't just a fun excursion for him, though he has fun and you can tell, but he really is thinking and he's got a lot of really good thoughts about this music and the present of this music and the future of this music. And and his role as, you know, the Jerry, right? And mm-hmm. and I and it's and that's a really tough role. It's probably the toughest role in music. Yeah. And and, you know, he was just, he was talking about. It, and again, he's very thoughtful about what that means to him and and what that actually is. And um, there was an interesting comment. People were talking about the interview on the subreddit, and someone said, "His job is to shed light, and not to master." <laughs> And, you know, coming from Terrapin. And I yep. thought that was that was really good. And, and I thought that was, you know, dead on with, with what um, Johnny thought, too. You know, he could yeah. be – he could he's good enough to play Jerry Garcia. He, he is. But if he did that, it wouldn't be – it wouldn't be authentic. It wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be John Mayer, you know, which, it, which is the performer who they pay to be in the band. Yeah. And and he's he's definitely shedding light on what Jerry did, but he doesn't have to be exactly what Jerry Garcia does. Yeah, there was, um, Norton. Oh, go ahead. There was one clip of the interview I watched where. Uh, oh, how did I forget it as soon as I started talking? Uh, game, edit this out. Um, <laughs> he. Oh, yes. There was a thing Mayer said during the interview that was really interesting about Jerry's playing, about yeah. how a lot of people can quote-unquote play like Jerry. A lot of people can master those licks once you really yeah. start practicing. But the big thing is getting in Jerry's headspace. A lot of people can play like Jerry, but not a lot of people can think like Jerry. Not a lot of people can make up those can. solos. No, exactly. And that was and, his point, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of it was personality, and, and a lot of it was um, his sense of humor. You yeah. know, we're t- talking about Jerry, you know, like, you know, John would say, you know, I want to, you know, play a little bit here. You know, he dabbled. He he was kind of like ADD with his uh, guitar playing, uh, yeah. with his soloing. He didn't just do one, you know, he didn't just do one try per per solo. It was just you know whatever kind of floated up in his um, in his mind is what he did. Yeah. And so it's just kind of cool seeing John recognize that and and be eloquent in speaking about that stuff because who else is in a position to really talk about you know, Jerry in that regards than, than John Mayer at this point. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I was glad to get that uh, window into, into John's mind there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the tour? I thought it was a fantastic tour. 
Yeah, I. That's about it. I really liked it. Okay. Um, shout out I'm to glad Jay you Lane. To go see a couple shows. I'm glad they let Jay Lane take a bow that last night because truly, without Jay Lane, there would be no Dead and Company summer tour. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, one of the downs is, is definitely Billy's role in that tour. Yeah. Uh, first with the muscle strain, then he caught, I think, a mild case of COVID. Yeah. So he, so there wasn't much uh, Billy in the tour, but I thought Jay was fantastic. I thought no, I mean, Jay killed yeah, it. No pun intended. He didn't skip a beat. <laughs> so, um, and he did some good stuff with, um, you know, the Rhythm Devils uh, yeah. act. I thought too. Um, yeah. So, kind of on on a personal note, um, I couldn't make the the. Uh, Dead and Company stuff because I was driving to uh, the beach with the fam and I was Ooh. actually listening to the pod on the way down. I don't. Do you ever listen to the pod, Nob? Uh, I do to write the copies. <laughs> you don't do it just for you know. See, no, I don't well, know for entertainment told, value or for I'm not interest. A, I'm not a podcast person, and that's oh come, that's going to sound weird because you know I've been doing this podcast, but I, I've only got a small handful of podcasts that i listen to and they're almost all interviews with british comedians <laughs> okay so as 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 much as i'm enjoying doing this show uh unless we're getting richard herring yeah. on an episode this isn't the kind of thing that i uh listen to but well richard herring if if you're if you're out there get your people to talk to our people because we got a big <laughs> fan here in knob we, we make this dream of reality for him um but yeah, so I, I was listening. Sometimes I listen because it's just, it's interesting yeah. to hear and, and, you know, I can kind of perhaps grow with the podcasting or whatever. I don't know why I was listening to it. I just wanted something to do while I was driving. And this was the May 77 pod. So, yeah. you know, we talked for like 45 minutes. I don't think you were on that pod. Were no. you not? Yeah. Okay. So it's just me and game. And it was a good pod. You know, I was happy. I had some good banter with, with game who we are missing sorely today. Um, and, and then... At the end, game was like, okay, and sit back and relax for May 22, 1977. And I was like, <laughs> yes, let's do this. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. Like, I got to, like, be a part of, like, the audience and, and kind of, you know, hopefully get the uh, experience that, that we're hoping that the audience gets. Because I had one ear pod in listening to the, the jibber jabber. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's do May 77 right now. Put the other ear pod in. Yeah. And uh, it made for an enjoyable drive down to the shore. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, while down there, I uh, picked up some tickets to J-Rad. I'll be seeing Woo! them in Philly and then the Wellmont Theater up in uh, North Jersey. Yeah. And are you going? Yes. Oh, I heard yeah. Tell? All right. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, there's a Hunter S. Thompson quote about the Grateful Dead, about how if the Grateful Dead were in town, I'd beat my way in with a fucking tire iron if I had to. <laughs> and that's very much, that's my feelings about J-Rad. That's your J-Rad. When yeah, J-Rad yeah. are in the area, I, there's, unless I've got a good reason, I will be there. Um, awesome. So Philly or, or um, was it Mont? Montclair, yeah. Montclair, I'm yeah. hoping to do one of each. Um, yeah, because I Montclair last year was my first time seeing J Rad in person, and uh, awesome. They're uh, yeah, they are a lot of fun. Yeah, I've I've never seen them live. Um, huge fan of of what they do, obviously, and I think they're yeah. the best thing out there. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited yeah. to uh, party with you and and you know check out um check out the scene. Yeah. So During that's the... October and November, I believe. So yeah. I caught him during Peach Fest uh, a few weeks ago, oh, yeah. and the whole time I was thinking, man, I don't know the next time I'm going to see him again. I sure hope they announce some dates close to me soon. 
And then about a week later, they announced this Montclair and this Philly show. And I'm like, great, awesome, perfect. <laughs> Definitely. Buying tickets tonight. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, let me know. Um, should be great. You want to talk about the, the new box set? Yes. Hold on. Give me one second. I have to deal with the dog. Okay. Game, edit this out. Game, don't put this in the pod. Just... <laughs> Let's hear from the dog, actually. Let's get the dog on mic. Jeff, what do you think about the 81, 82, and 83 shows being released? Um, all right. And we're back and nothing happened. So the Dead announced uh, a new box set, uh, the In and Out of the Garden box set, uh, which is going to have six shows uh, all performed at Madison Square Garden between the years of 1981 and 1983, um, which is a fun era for the Dead. We've, we've listened to a few 81 shows on the pod. Um, mm -hmm. I was interested because I don't know of very many, if any, official releases of a 1982 show. I know the, the Dave's picks have hit 83 before. They've hit 81 on a fairly regular basis. I've even seen an 84 show. But 82 is one of those years that just doesn't get a lot of official releases. Um, so I'm very excited mm -hmm. to check those shows out. Um, yeah, definitely. And also, you is get this, Is this rare... a Dave's picks or, or is this a separate box set? It's a, it's a box set. Um, okay. So there should it's... be some really cool, you know box set add-ons and artwork and whatever yeah. else is going to come in the box. That's cool. The artwork is very cool. The the mushroom face guy. I dig it. Okay. I suppose I could go in my email and, and find that <laughs> uh, announcement there, but I'll, I'll let yeah, you and a nice, it. And it's also fun. Uh, one of those 83 shows, you get the rare 80 St. Stephen, which is where the in and out of the garden title comes from. Yeah. But I am... Uh, and Madison Square Garden. Yeah. There you go. It'll be All a good full circle. Good time. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, thanks for that. Let's get to this week's show or shows, as it were. Again, we have uh, two nights at the Thelma Theater in Los Angeles, California, from December 10th and 11th, 1969. Uh, it's mostly uh, the, the 10th show. Um, and then there's a little bit of, it's a, it sounds like an odd recording that someone had just spliced into the, uh, from the 11th that someone spliced into the show from the 10th. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to rip down the set lists that, um, are, um, in existence. Um, we have, well, we have China Rider. All that's left to us is Rider. Uh, we have Black Peter, Me and My Uncle, Cold Rains and Snow, Mama Tried Into High Time, Easy Win, Dire Wolf. Casey Jones, Schoolgirl, Morning Dew, Black Queen, into a short love light. Uh, those last uh, one, two, three, four, five songs are with the famous Stephen Stills, which is a pretty cool cameo from him. Yeah. And then we drop into the uh, uh, December 11th show with uh, Easy Win, Cryptical, into Drums, into Other One, into Cryptical, into a really short... Uh, fragment of Cosmic Charlie. Yeah. So um, let's just you know let's just have you run down your thoughts, Knob, and then we'll we'll have a little we'll wrap. Go ahead. Sure. Um, I'm a big '60s Dead person. Um, I know I am. Um, that is not a shared opinion between all of these co-hosts, but uh, I do really like the Primal Dead stuff. This isn't my favorite Primal Dead show, but I think it's interesting in a historical context because at this point. I think Working Man's Dead would have already been recorded. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so this really does feel like a transition between the late 60s Primal Dead and the 70s, you know, uh, more folky and sweeter and all these nice harmonies. Um, it's funny that Stephen Stills is there because historically Crosby, Stills, Nash, and I think just the three of them uh, get the credit for teaching the dead how to sing harmonies. Um, ah. Historically, the so those maybe, groups were friends. Maybe he was tutoring them uh, yeah. on that particular night. No, this definitely, and you you well, can needed... you can kind of see in songs like High Time and Rider that they're really trying to make the harmonies shine. And they don't always succeed, but they are trying. <laughs> um, and I think yeah. that does make for an interesting show. Um, I really like the Black Peter. Um, yeah. It's almost got these bluesy sort of solos from Jerry, yep. um, which I really dig. Um, skipping over like four songs. <laughs> um, I don't blame you. No, it was, I mean, like I like the almost 60s pop inspired Cold Rain and Snow mm-hmm. arrangement. But I did find, mm-hmm. in general, this to be a kind of low-energy Primal Dead show. Between ballads like Black Peter and High Time, and then even the Rippers, like Mama Tried was a little bit slow, didn't quite work It was work a lot of me. slow blues. Yeah. When we N- get not to that the... slow blues is a bad thing, but it was yeah. just, um, it was a lot of that. When we got to the Stephen Stills stuff, I was a lot more into it. Um, I thought the Casey Jones energy was really good. Um... And then Good Morning Little Schoolgirl was next. Uh, it's, I mean, <laughs> problematic. If, if there's a song matter. that I'm going to take, if I'm going to stand on my soapbox and go, I don't like the lyrics to this one, it is this <laughs> one. I mean, you know. Literally at, at the end of the song, I mean, the way it ends is, is Pigpen going, I don't care if she's just 15. <laughs> specifically, he says, I don't care if you're only 15 sweet years of age. Oh, okay. I once got into an argument on Reddit with someone going, ah, it was a different time. He's actually, the person's also, maybe the person's also 18. And every time I'm like, no, no, you have to listen to the song. Because that's yeah, not it, what he's talking about. It's literally called Good Morning Little School Girl. Clearly yeah. this is not their song, I don't yes. think. No, no, no. It's, um, a, it's an old yeah, blues cover. So, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm not, yeah. we're, we're not, you know, putting our judgment onto anybody. It's just the song is what the song is, and yeah. it's not our favorite. I don't like hearing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Do had to be my highlight of the show. Yep, um, agreed. I really like the Do. It was it was similar to the rest of the show. It was a transitional Do. It uh, had a lot of the... It, the tempo felt halfway between the really fast 60s Do's and those slow 70s Do's that we were kind of start to get used to. You still get a... It's more lilting and spacey but you still get a lot of those um but yeah i thought that was really lovely um the black queen was fun um some shades of easy wind in there which was cool um it worked it was it was a song that if the dead kept doing it i think it could be a fun one um and then we get to our other night and the recording is worse in quality but there is some really good playing there um a very nice cryptical uh nice energy on the other one honestly what i was probably most impressed with in this half was drums um bill and mickey get into a really nice short little energetic groove and And it uh, sounded good too it did the the recording quality almost picked up for that or maybe it was just better attuned to the drum having fewer instruments helped i don't know but uh yeah, I think those are my thoughts. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I'm just going to go down the list here. So, yeah, we, we missed the China. It comes in yep. with Ryder. Um, generally speaking, I, I'm not the biggest uh, Primal Dead 69 uh, Grateful yeah. Dead fan. Um, and, and a lot of it is the harmonies. It's the high harmonies. And I believe those are uh, Phil um, yeah. trying to do the harmonies. And clearly he, he can sing. Uh, it's just live it doesn't always transfer to, you know, him singing well. Um, and so that's what kind of colored my thoughts on this and most, I think, 69 uh, Grateful Dead sets. Um, so Ryder is just a, a lot of that, um, a lot of that kind of harmony issue. I did like Black Peter a lot. I thought it was uh, very bluesy. Uh, I thought Jerry's vocals, you know, by contrast, were just phenomenal. Just yeah. Kind of the golden voice Jerry in 69. Um, great playing by him on Black Peter. Colbert and Snow, it's interesting. I, I wrote that down as very garage band stuff. Like like yeah. which is which is true to the era, I think, as well. You know, it sounded like a late sixties garage band kind of thing. So it probably worked for the audience at the time. For me, um, not so much. Uh High Time I usually love that song. I think in the past we just kind of always say how great of a song it is. Yeah. I didn't think this was their best version. Again, that goes back to the harmonies, it just very stagnant harmonies that, that Phil was doing throughout really the entire uh, song so you know that kind of took it away f- um and then we get into some more jamming we get to uh easy win which i thought was uh slow but but actually very forceful and finally they start doing uh a jam so like the first part of the set there weren't really that much jamming yeah. except for perhaps black peter um and to definitely check out the end of the easy wind um for the jamming there casey jones i felt like they played it almost like a single version like it was just very well played Yep. Um, I checked it out. The song was only six months old, so it was definitely top of mind for them. Um, so, you know, that was kind of cool to hear um, an early Casey Jones. Schoolgirl problematic, as we talked about. It was good if you're a big Pigpen fan, um, as I am. Do, I agree with you 100%. I starred and highlighted Do. Um, the best part of Do was the uh, the tone in the beginning. It was mm. like, I don't know. I, it was probably Phil who just distorted the heck out of the bass with a fill bomb and I think there was I, something some other guitar going on in there too but like the tone when they just dropped into do was was really cool it sounded really awesome um and then we get into uh Black Queen which is a song I had I was not terribly familiar with there's some good jamming there um Stephen Stills on vocals uh we get into a Love Light after that and we have a comment about Love Light which we'll get to yeah um it's a very short Love Light I probably the shortest one I've ever heard Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, the, the tape may have ran out <laughs> because yeah. it didn't sound like they they stopped with their jamming. So getting into that eleventh uh, night um, or the December eleventh, um, we have uh, what critical into drums, other one critical. I don't have too much to say other than it was really good. You know, for people who are audience tape phobic or allergic, I would say definitely check this out because the playing on this kind of run of songs was great and probably better playing than what you'll hear on um, the soundboard from the night before. So um, overall, it was it was interesting for me. Um, you know, again, I'm not the biggest uh, December 69 fan, but but here we have it, and I'm glad that we listened to it. Yeah. So do we, we have a bunch of Reddit comments this, this week, three, which is pretty awesome. Um, Nob, you want to take the first one? Sure. Okay. El Beardo 25 says, I like this Stephen Stills sit in a lot more than 41683. Can you um, educate 
us and, and, and the fans about 41683? Or should we I actually have not listened to 41683, but knowing what I know of Stephen Stills and the Grateful Dead in the 80s, uh, I could imagine that being a, uh, a drugged out mess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I trust El Beardo here. All right, so we'll talk about Colonel Pepper, uh, the Colonel Pepper, uh, probably Sergeant Pepper's uh, career before um, becoming being promoted to a sergeant. A couple highlights that Colonel Pepper has. We have set one, Casey Jones really grabbed my ears. I'm not usually a Casey Jones guy. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Morning Dew, the last jam is simple yet sophisticated and emotive. Really nice. Yeah. Both will definitely make my favorites list to revisit again and again. And talking about set two, which I think is uh, night two, he g- uh, Colonel Pepper generally doesn't listen to soundboards. Oh, generally listens to soundboards. So I don't know what sets the bar for bad quality, but I just couldn't enjoy this recording that much. And that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. And why don't you, uh, why don't you finish up? Nope. Sure. Well, not, not Johnny Manziel had to say. One of my favorite love lights, honestly. Stills' style of playing brings a different edge to it, especially in an era where there are so many love lights that they start to blend together. Um, I think that's a very fair point. Um, definitely, when you listen to a lot of Primal Dead, you, you hear a lot of turn on your love lights. And, yeah, 30 uh, minute love yeah. lights. <laughs> and I, I like a 30 minute love light, but like, as a sometimes food. I, I can't listen to two or three <laughs> Primal Dead shows in a row without going, all right, yeah, I got it. Get your hands out of your pockets. Um, yeah. Pocket pool. <laughs> but I do agree that having guests there, uh, especially with someone like Stills, who does play very differently to Jerry, um, does help this differentiate it from some of the other love lights. Very good uh, thought, Johnny Manziel. Sorry, not, not Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I, I would agree, except it's only a three-minute love light, and I... And then it runs out, so I'm yeah, just Yeah, I wouldn't call it a favorite. If, yeah, I'm just kind of curious if, if maybe he, or this uh, this uh, poster has a different version that I wasn't looking at. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, maybe maybe that makes it for a better love light. Um, okay, would this, you know, closing up on um, our December 69 shows, would this make your Book of the Dead knob? Mm. The Morning Dew might. If I, if I could pick individual songs, I'd probably put Dew oh, in man. there. But yeah. no, I would not complicate the, show the book of the my... dead. I know. <laughs> I'll put together. There will be. I'll have like one real show, and then I'll have one that's just made up of different bits of other shows yeah. I liked. Knobs picks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now that yeah, nice. that morning dew would absolutely go on a knobs picks. Um, knobs picks. Yeah. What about I'll say, you? I'll would s- you put it? That's fine. I would not. No. Sure. I mean, you know, this this fake book that we're putting together is only so big, and, and this would not be it. Um, I'm sure there's a 69 show that will make it. I'm not 69 phobic, but it's not this one. Sure. Um, for you know, for the reasons that I stated. So as we know, this is a weekly uh, podcast. This is a weekly project. You can check us out on the Grateful Dead subreddit uh, to view our next show, which will be uh, from December 31st, 1983. Ooh. So we got a New Happy Year's New Eve Year. show. Yeah, coming from home turf in San Francisco, California, at the Civic Center. Um, this is much more of a kind of a classic Grateful Dead set. We get a, uh, uh, touch of gray in there in set two, mm. um, maybe an early touch of gray. When did definitely, touch come out? That was... I think touch was 82. So pretty early. Okay. Yeah, touch definitely early. Uh, long eyes, a uh, long estimated, long eyes. Um, oh, it's a three set, uh, show, yeah. which is pretty cool. The dead love to play three sets on New Year's. 
Yeah, there you go. Rocking into the early morning of 1984. Good year for me. And that's all we have. I'm looking forward to um, listening to that December 31st, 1983 show. And it was uh, a pleasure to talk with Nob about December 10th and 11th, 69. Uh, before um, I tell people to smash the subscribe button, Nob, you have anything else you want to say? Um, oh, I was trying to think of something funny to do with... Uh... I don't care if she's only 15 sweet years of age, but it all came out creepy. So, no. <laughs> that's the problem. And that's the problem right there. All right. So, uh, everybody, please, if you haven't already, uh, please smash the subscribe button on whatever podcast or YouTube platform. We're not on YouTube, so don't do that. Um, you have. Uh, remember to like and share uh, with your with your with all your Grateful Dead fans or anybody who may be interested in the pod. You can find us wherever pods are downloaded. But not rhyme, not ones that rhyme with, let's say, Podify. Well, there nice. should be a Podify. Why is there no Podify? Um, and you can find us on Podbean.com. They still want us because we pay them money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and our static website there is helponthewaypod.podbean.com. Uh, you can always email us. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you have any suggestions for the show at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. And again, a plug for the Grateful Dead subreddit. It's an awesome community. Reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. Um, you will often find our weekly project stickied up on the, the top there. Uh, so come come by and check us out on there and say, hey. And just a plug for uh, the game who cannot be there uh, with his Twitch uh, channel, which is twitch.tv slash the GD channel. And yes. that's it for myself, and that's it for Nob. Thanks so much. Have a great week, and enjoy the show.
take this opportunity to hassle amongst ourselves, adjust the PA and try to work something out, so you guys can hassle amongst yourselves and take this opportunity to tell each other stories.
sound now. Sounds a little better, Barry. I don't know. I can't say for sure.
went riding down South Colorado, West Texas bound. We stopped up in Santa Fe. That being the point, just about halfway. You know it was the hottest part of the day. I took the horses up to the stall, went to the bar room, ordered drinks for all. Three days in the saddle, you know my body hurt. It being summer, well I took off my shirt. Hey, I tried to wash off some of that dusty dirt. West Texas cowboys, bays all around. With liquor and money, they float it down. After payday, you know it seemed a shame. So you know my uncle, he starts friendly game. Yeah, I love Jack in the winter, take the hand.
Will I marry me a wife? She's been trouble all my life. Walk me out in the cold rain and snow. Rain and
Thank you. First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride on a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I was bound. No one could change my mind, but Mama tried. One and only rebel child from a family meek and mild. Mama seemed to know what lay in store. But all my Sunday learning, toward the bat I kept on turning. Your mama couldn't hold me anymore. And I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried, Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better. But her bleeding I denied. That leaves only me to blame, just Mama tried. Dear old daddy, rest his soul. That my mom ever loved Tried so very hard to fill his shoes Working hours without rest Wanted me to have the best Tried to raise me right, but I refused And I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steal me right But mama tried, mama tried Mama tried to raise me better, but if leading I deny, that leaves only me to blame this mother.
This light right here, and all of them, the rest of them on, at a relatively steady rate. Yorks! And if you dim them, it's noisy. You gotta either turn them all the way up or all the way down, because if you dim them, it's noisy. Hey, Bear? All right. Everything's fine. Baby, I'm a bottle in the room. 
about the break of day. All of the Canada we achieved, my darling, and I got to stay away. Come on now, pretty baby, ride on, why don't you just ride on? You know I need you, darling. I got to get you all alone. Good morning, Mr. Google. 
care if you're only 15 sweet years of age.
guess it doesn't anyway. I guess it doesn't anyway.
and I need you, baby, to make things all right. Come on, baby, baby, please, beg you, baby, and I'm on my knees. Turn on your light, let it shine on me. Turn on your love light, let it shine on me. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. 